We read these verses Sunday night, three verses, but I did not really talk a lot about the third verse that we read and just feel like the Lord's taken us back here again. Proverbs 27. And I want to say thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for me. Praise God. It is so valuable to me. And I praise God. I know, folks, uh, that uh, well, none of us, none of us are perfect. Praise God. But if you're praying for me, you mean a lot to me. Because I know there's been some times in my life that I've said, you know, I'm going through some things, but I feel somebody's praying for me. Hey, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Sometimes it just happens. I, oh, hallelujah. There's just recently something happened. I was, I was sitting on the porch just feeling some, a whole lot of different ways. Amen. And I just felt the peace of God and the presence of God start coming in a way. I said, somebody's praying. Somebody's praying. I'm so glad for people that will pray. Amen. And we need one another. Amen. I know the devil's fighting you and you know the devil's fighting me. So we need to just, Praise God. Just work together and see God work. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you've already accomplished in this house, God. I've heard it said so many times you can do in just a few moments, God, something that I couldn't do in hours. But, Lord, we know that if this is going to help us, it's going to be your anointing on the word of God. Lord, anoint this messenger. Help me to deliver your heart, God. Help us to have ears to hear. Again, Lord, I just pray that you would bind every power of the enemy. Lord, that would desire to keep it out of our ears and out of our hearts, God. Plant it within us, God. Break every chain of the enemy, God. And teach us tonight. Teach us tonight, Lord. God, that we could be more of what you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Proverbs 27 verse 5 says, Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Full soul loatheth a honeycomb. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Faithful, we talked about this uh, Sunday night. We talked about Proverbs and just what they were. It was interesting because I was doing some cleaning up downstairs and, and going through some things. And I found a little uh, booklet of Benjamin Franklin's uh, sayings, and and I uh, got a whole booklet of them downstairs. And it's still there. I'm not going to read you any of them. We already preached that message, but uh, I thank God for His presence that will tell me what I need to hear. I feel like one of the most prevalent battles that we're facing. Let me say, spiritual deception that is. A stronghold in people is they want to hear what they want to hear. People want to be pleased. People want to, uh, their, their ears to be tickled, the Bible says. And, but God sometimes has to tell us what we don't want to hear. He'll be a friend to us. And we've got to be humble enough to receive that conviction. That sometimes even in a presence of God, like we were kind of exhorting and encouraging you earlier that sometimes when God's spirit is moving and God is directing a service like he was in his house tonight, <coughs> sometimes you'll start to feel that the spirit of God just pricking your heart. Yeah. Right. Amen. 
Sometimes if you'll be sensitive to God, and that's what I pray, God, let me be sensitive to you. I don't want to have a hard heart. Sometimes I'll start to feel like maybe there's something uncomfortable in me. And, and I need to look at that and say, God, that's, that's something you're uncomfortable with. And I don't want God to be uncomfortable. in. The, I want him to be comfortable in his house. Amen. I want him to be able to rearrange everything in me. Because I want him to dwell in me. That, that's how Christ in you is the hope of glory. That means your only chance of making it is Jesus dwelling in you. You can say you believe, you can call him Lord, Lord, but if we're not doing his will, amen, we're not going to make it. So I got to be sensitive to God and God, if, if he's saying, you know, there's some things in here, you hung up some things that you like, I don't like it. Amen. God, take it out. Amen. You know, there, there's some things away. There's some, some priorities in here that, that, that I don't like. God, you set them in order. Amen. This is your house. The Bible says we are not our own. We are bought with a price. So when God, who is our friend, starts to tell us things, I don't want, I don't want to fight with him. I don't want to argue with God. And I want to, and, and, but you know what? Sometimes it's, it, it may be difficult, uh, for some people to be that sensitive, but you know, sometimes God, God works, uh, in other ways. You know, I, my wife, praise the Lord. She's, she's, uh, about as godly of a, of a Christian biblical wife as you can be. It doesn't mean she can't say, Hey honey, I, there's something I want to, I want you to think about here. Amen. Uh, and you know, you just love it when somebody starts pointing out things in your life. I mean, there's always going to be that little bit of, oh, you know, I, I want to I want to be able to know everything and be right and perfect. And but sometimes, you know, a friend can come help search out the matter. Yeah. Right. Amen. So God can help you with some things. And that that stings a little bit. Yeah. You, you might feel dumb. You might feel uh, feel like you ought to know better than that. But, you know, that's just the way we are sometimes. So we can help one another. And I thank God for people that. Praise God. I was bragging on some of you a little while back. I told somebody here a while back, I said, they, I, I've had some, some people come up to me already and say, hey, you be careful. And I said, thank you for looking out for me. Right. Amen. Thank you for caring about yeah. me. Yeah. Amen. I, I, I've, got enough, I, I've got no egos, no pride to, to, to act like I'm above you know, this battle. We're all in it together. Right. And we need to be fighting this Together, shoulder to shoulder. Amen. Helping one another make it. Amen. So faithful are the wounds of a friend. And uh, I, you know, I love this verse in verse seven. It spoke to me on a very personal level some years ago. The full soul loatheth a honeycomb, but to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Some of you, I'm going to. Make a statement here that you're, this is going to be very, very strange to you, but everybody else is going to understand. Do you ever just get done with a real good meal and you're just filled up to the gills and they say, hey, do you have room for dessert? Now, some of you think that's a dumb question. Praise the Lord. But I want to tell you, there's been some times I said, I don't even want to see a dessert menu. I can't, I cannot shove in another piece of cake. Some of you are all, I've already lost you. But biblically, amen, the Bible tells us that it's natural 
to be able to be so filled up that no matter how good it looks, I, I can't, I can't put it in a doggy bag. I'll take some home for, for later. See if it makes it home. Someone who is full, satisfied, amen, no matter how sweet it is, I can't, I can't. But someone who's hungry, I can't just really remember exactly when it was, but not too very long ago, just the other day, I I, I had a meal. I don't know where we went or where it was. I, I'm not sure. And I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. But when I was done with it, maybe my wife remembers. But when we were done, somebody said, was it good? Did you like it? And I said, I liked it. I really liked it. But you know, the honest truth was I was so hungry going in that I think that might have had something to do with it. I was to a point that I wasn't going to be so picky anyway. I was that hungry, and that may have affected my, uh, you know, my perspective on the meal, my opinion, if it were. The hungry soul isn't going to be so picky. In fact, uh, I know of some, some stories that I've heard and we've shared with you of how blessed we are in this nation to even know what leftovers are. And how that there are some that are so poor that poverty has just just tragically uh, been the whole lot in life of uh, of some that that it is not uncommon for them to crawl through a trash heap and try to find some piece of garbage to 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 eat some of the most repulsive things. Amen. I know some of the things that 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 we have heard stories of over the years of. You know, you hear people, oh, who would eat something like that? Who would eat some an animal like that? Who would? Uh, but, you know, poor folks, and that, that's all they have. You know, they'll they'll make it they'll make it work somehow. Usually know how to add something to it. Make it amazing. So why does God care so much about our appetites? Well, this is a spiritual shadow and type of an illustration, if you will, of of our souls. Because Jesus said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness. For they shall be filled. We're living in a day like in Laodicea in the book of Revelation, the third chapter, where God looks at the church and says, you say, your testimony is, I'm rich. I'm increased with goods. I have need of nothing. You don't need to pray. You don't need to to get in the Word of God. You don't need to hear the Word of God. It's not a priority. It's not that you're tearing it down. It's not that you hate it. You're just satisfied. And the Lord says, I'm looking at you. And in my eyes, I see something different. See, when you're going through your life and judging yourself, understand you're not good at that. You need the Spirit of God to do that. You need God to be able to talk to you. Because God told the Laodiceans, you said you're rich. I think you're poor. I see you in poverty. I see you wretched. 
miserable, blind. You don't even know it. You don't even see it, and you're blind. And if they would come, he said, come to me, and I'll heal you. I'll give you the eye salve. I'll give you garments to cover your nakedness. Amen. Amen. But they had lost their hunger. They were full. And, and when you are satisfied, you can get picky. Right. Praise the Lord. You can get picky. You know, I, I had somebody call me a while back and say, you know, I've been listening to some of the messages that you put online and we try to get as many on on there as we can now and somebody said you missed one which i i appreciate people just being able just knowing that somebody's listening to it if we're going to go through the trouble of doing that and i said well this particular time the sound quality was so poor in the recording that we didn't put it online and they said, would you just put it on anyway? I'd like to, I really would like to try to listen to it. And it really touched my heart. Because I know for, for years and years when I first came to the Lord, I, I lived on a steady diet of listening to preaching. Right. And uh, I, I, I got things, I dug out old reel-to-reel recordings. <laughs> and I mean old ones that were brittle. Yeah. And... Tr- got things that were were taken from that onto cassettes and and I've listened to some pretty poor quad turn it up and and lean in but it was it was teaching that that I knew somebody really was praying and in the word and anointed and I said I this isn't easy to listen to it's going to take some my some uh, extra focus and extra attention but I I, I want to I, I want more of this amen yes. messages that I've heard uh, that have gone down in history as as uh, things that spurred revivals and things that stirred up churches to repentance and and getting copies of a copy of a copy of a copy of it and saying, I'm going to do everything I can to try to hear that because I was hungry. Right. Amen. Yes. You're not going to be going to be so, so easy to, to judge and pick apart things. You're going to, when you, when you're really hungry, Amen. Matthew, the 11th chapter shows us that this isn't so new. You imagine, do you ever think that, wow, in these days that we live in and Thank God for preachers that are anointed and yeah. uh, Lord, we need more in this land. And men like John stood out there, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. We need somebody with that kind of anointing and would just stand up and, and tell Herod, you know, that's, that's your, your, your brother's wife that you're with or uh, talk to the centurions and the tax collectors and tell them what they need to do to repent. Somebody will just call sin, sin. Amen? Amen. The Bible says in Matthew eleven eighteen, for John came neither eating or drinking. He was known for being, he, he'd go out and fast for long periods of time. He, was, he wasn't really somebody who was known as far as all that we see in the Bible as kind of a, 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 a social butterfly, if you will. You know, he, he just... He, you know, you just always seen this guy. He wasn't worried about how he was dressed. He wasn't worried about how he came across. He just telling people to repent. Amen. Right. 
The Bible says he was he he didn't come eating or drinking. They said he has a devil. You say, wow, that's it might, it, I tell you, it'd be different around here if we had a had somebody like John and, and and they criticized him and said, look at him, look how he acts, and he he something's wrong with him. He's full of the devil. So here comes Jesus, the Son of Man comes eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a gluttonous man, gluttonous wine bibber. He wasn't. A wine drinker, a friend of publicans and sinners. So, so here comes Jesus. He is always seen with people, having dinner with them, being kind, being a friend. And they found fault with that too. Said, Look at him. He's just always eating, always around these people. Look at him. He's, and and they, they were offended at that as well. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul kind of called out the people in Corinth and said he heard what they were saying about him. Second Corinthians 10, 10 for his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. <laughs> they said, you know, he seems like a lot, but if you ever have him by your church, I'll tell you what, he's hard to listen to. I hate, I can't stand hearing his voice. He, and he doesn't really carry himself in a way that is, you know, that fool soul even loathes a honeycomb. Moses wasn't good enough for them. John, Paul, even Jesus. Amen? If you drop back to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. And I, brethren, verse 1 said, When I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, Declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. For I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Paul had a lot going on. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you're hungry spiritually hungry for more of God, you're going to get past the personalities. You're going to get past the techniques and, 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 and you're going to plug in and say, God, I want to see more of you. I want to feel more of you. I want to hear more of you. God, feed me up. I need my life to be built on the rock. Amen. We get so distracted with people and people... We, we, none of us can ever measure up to, to the high standards of someone who is picky. And, but if we can humble ourselves, if we can humble ourselves and say, God, I want to be saved. At the end of the day, Lord, I, 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 want, I need help. Amen. At the end of the day, Lord, I know that I am, I, I, I am so needy. I need thee. Oh, every hour I need thee. When you can become that kind of humble, that kind of broken, that kind of hungry for God. It's strange to me and it's hurtful sometimes to know that God moved in a service. God worked in a service. And before we're even out the door, Pastor, I want to tell you about what somebody said, what somebody did, what somebody and and, and did did you hear anything from God? 
I can't imagine if Jesus was in the house and 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 you're you're concerned about somebody else and what they, I'm tell you what he needs our attention. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. If you've got if you're that fool that that God is is trying to talk to you and God is trying to help you and and, and you're focused. There's there's a lot of things that you can get focused on. And I'm not saying they're all just wrong or I'm just saying why we don't have a lot of time. You don't know how long God's going to give us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Get your focus on God. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, well, I tell you, I found, I, I feel like somebody didn't do something right. Well, guess what? God knows how to do his business. You do yours. Yeah. Amen. You just go ahead and get revival in you and be a great example that maybe they could follow that. Amen. But if you get your attention off God, how hungry really are you? I told you the other day, man, I put my order in for a steak a while back. Uh, me and Brother Chris were together, and, and he'll tell you, it was, he was kind of laughing at me because I was very hungry. And every time somebody came out of that kitchen, I had my eye on that door. <laughs> and every one of them, I said, that's it. That's my steak. That's the one that's for me. That's, they're, they're coming with, with our food, and they go by, and I could have cried. <laughs> Amen. If you think I'm exaggerating to tell a story, you talk to him later. He'll tell, he'll tell it even better than I can tell it. Can I tell you, when we come into God's presence, hallelujah, whether we're praying or in the Word of God or in the house of God, oh, He ought to have our focus. He ought to have our attention. Amen. If you're, if you're easily distracted with so many other things, oh, this person wore this, this person said this, this person did this, hey, you're not hungry enough. Amen. Oh, but there's so much that happens that I'm uncomfortable. You know, rarely does growth happen in your comfort zone. Jesus said, you take up a cross and follow me. You lose your life for my sake. Oh, you don't know. There's some things that just just grate me and and rub me the wrong way. You're not hungry enough. You need to just go ahead. We're so spoiled in this last generation. When we can be so distracted by silly, childish things, and God wants to heal you. God wants to perform miracles. Amen. God's waiting on some people just just seek Him. Amen. We're so worried. God, I'm, you're going to get my attention, but there's some things that just kind of, I, I, I don't really care. You're not hungry enough. Because if all you're concerned about is mostly your comfort... Amen. I know sometimes it's not easy. I get it. I get I could talk as much as you could. Maybe it's the temperature in here. Maybe it's the sound system. Maybe it's it can be uh, the volume of some things. You know, I've been in services where, you know what? (laughs) Come on now. Let's just be honest. Sometimes it's tough. There's distractions. I know. Of course. Oh, pastor, there's distractions. You don't think I need to be less distracted than you and everybody else put together? There have been times where something's happening and something's going on and, and maybe it's so bothersome. I give you a little bit of a headache. You know what? Hey, press on through that and touch heaven. You go ahead and just, oh, it just ruined the whole service for me. I feel so sorry for you. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm too hungry. I'm not going to let the devil or any kind of malfunction or person who might be foolish steal from me my meal from heaven. Amen. Come on. Don't you understand how valuable this is? Amen. Oh, yes. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Yes, sir. Ezekiel 16. 
talks about Sodom. Now, I've heard a lot of, most of the time when I hear this verse, it's, it's people who are trying to justify sin and saying that Sodom's sin had nothing to do with homosexuality. That's, I can't even say it with a straight face. But I will tell you this, they didn't get evil like that overnight. And that's what Ezekiel's dealing with. Ezekiel said there was a path that they got on. Like I told somebody the other night, sin will take you farther than you ever planned on going. It'll cost you far more than you ever planned on paying. That's why you can't play. Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. Just kind of went close to it and said, you know, that's as far as I'll go. After a while, we find him in the gate. That's a place of prominence. That's where the government decisions were made. Amen. And by the time God was saying, hey, you need to get your family and get out of there, he had lived in Sodom so long that when he told his sons and his son-in-laws, sons-in-law and daughters, hey, God spoke to me, they laughed. He said, this guy, is does, he, listen how crazy he is. They didn't take him seriously. Praise the Lord. So it was a, a progression or a digression, if you will. Ezekiel 16, look what it says in verse 48. As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom, my sister. Now, this is pretty rough. When God tells Israel, you know, if I could put you up next to Sodom, you're worse than she was in my eyes because you are my daughter and I gave you, you are my child. I gave you every benefit that Sodom didn't have. Sodom, my sister, hath done hath not done she nor her daughters as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. They were haughty, that means proud, and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Now, Jude is still in your New Testament. It says the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah gave themselves over to fornication and went after strange flesh. So you can't remove that from the Bible. You can't act like somehow that that sin in them did not exist and did not bring about their destruction. But let me say that God saw in their hearts something, in their lives something that took them down a path. And it was fullness of bread. So blessed. Doing so good. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm just going to go ahead and do my thing my way and be satisfied. Never once just break down and say, God, I'm so sorry for my sins. God, I need more of you. God, I'm hungry for more of you. You know what the psalmist said in one place? He said, as the, as the heart or the young deer panteth after water a young deer that is running and running and running and now it's so thirsty it's panting it's breathing heavy it's seeming feel seems like it's going to die of thirst that's where my how my heart longs after you god i'm so thirsty so hungry for you god amen, amen. but the bible says sodom and gomorrah their pride And their fullness of bread and their abundance of idleness. Just never, never saying, I want to do more for you, God. 
I, I want to fill my time with you, God. I, I, I need more of you, God. I want to seek you, God. There, we ought to come to a place where we can feel the presence of God drawing us to prayer. Drawing us to his word. It's been too long since I've talked to God. Too long since I really got into his presence. God, I desire that. I want more of you. That hunger for God. That hunger for him. You'll find when you start hungering for God, you'll hunger for more of him and more of his character in you. That you'll hunger for holiness. You'll hunger for righteousness. You'll, you'll desire more of his will and you will get a disdain when you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You won't want to taste the things of the world. It'll become detestable to you. Amen. You're going to get way past the idea of rules and laws and you're going to say, I don't have a taste for that anymore. I know how to come into the presence of God and get a, 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 a beautiful filling. Amen. I don't need the garbage heap anymore. I once used to dig through the trash, but now I know where to be fed at the table of the Lord. Amen. He said, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of my enemies. Amen. I'll, I'll, I'll feed you. I'll, I'll nourish you. Hallelujah. Luke 12 talks about a man who was satisfied. Physically, he is a blessed man. He was rich, had so much wealth, he didn't know what to do with it. He had to. It says in Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 16, he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. So he was already rich, and now he's having a great year. He's a farmer. He planted, and it brought forth in abundance. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? Can I make a point here? At no time yet is there any indication that this is a bad person doing bad things. There has not been one sense at all. A man who is blessed and has a good year. Hey, let's just go ahead and assume God's been good to this man. Amen. There's no reason to somehow say he's an evil, horrible man. But wait, look what happens. He said, what am I going to do? I have no room. He said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns, build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Okay. So he's coming up with a plan. I need bigger store. I need more storage. I've got all this. Now we can kind of say, you know, is there somebody else you can help maybe? Now now we can start looking at maybe, maybe uh, hoarding this is not the plan. It's good that you take care of your needs and it's good that you pay your bills. And once you have it, you put God, you need to give God your, the first, amen. And, and then after that, and then you, and then you, you bless others, amen. But look what he says. I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool. He said, I've got goods laid up for many years. But God said, you don't have many years. Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. What made him a fool? Then whose shall these thing, those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. 
I'm telling you, I know God knows how to bless his people. And God has no problem blessing God's people who will not make those blessings an idol in their lives. But this man had blessings that were physical, but he was broke in his soul. Amen. Can I tell you, no matter what you have in your wallet, in your purse, in your bank account tonight, are you building up treasures in heaven? Are you doing the will of God? That's the bottom line. This man had so much in abundance, and he was like those in Laodicea. I'm rich. Hey, eat, drink, and be merry. I've got it made. But his so he didn't seek God. He was broke in his in his spiritual life. And God says, "You fool! You have all these things. You know how to handle finances. You know how to put it back. You know how to store it up for bad times. But you don't have a walk with God." goes on down the page there in verse 31 but rather seek ye the kingdom of god and all these things shall be added unto you in matthew is the one we quote the most seek ye first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you you know everything you want in life everything you desire in life if you seek those first you'll lose them But if you seek God first, he'll add all these things unto you. You put God first, he's going to start blessing your life in ways you never even expected. In your mind, you've got some things in your life you want blessed. And God says, you haven't even begun to think about the ways I can bless you. Amen. But he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? It's God's will. It's God being in charge of your life, your finances, your heart, your mind, your home. Amen. Your tongue, the, the way you dress, the way you act, the, everything about you, it's, you're in his kingdom. He's the king. Right. Amen. So you seek first his kingdom and all his righteousness. God, what's your will? Amen. What did you say about this? Seek that first and all these things shall be added unto you. That's why the Bible says if you'll delight yourself in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But if you seek the desires of your heart and you don't seek God first... You'll lose God and the desires. Help us, Jesus. How many times I look in the Word of God and I see people like Judas. Judas, I, I don't know what his motivations were. I know the devil entered him at one point. But he was walking so close to God. I was talking to Brother Couch here just a few days ago. I guess it was last week. And uh, talking about what I was getting ready to preach. And, and just, just a thought that comes through my mind so often when I read people, I read about people in the Bible that just had such great opportunities. Just three words. What could have been? That's four words. What could have been <laughs> is what I was thinking. What could have been? Just what, what could have Judas been if he would have just submitted himself to God? Would have he been the apostle to the Gentiles? Would have he been the new, would we be talking about Judas instead of the, the epistle of Paul to the Romans would have been the epistle of Judas. It's hard to even wrap your brain around because we see how it went, but what could have God done with Judas? If he would have just submitted himself to Jesus, if he would have laid his own, whatever happened, just like in Sodom that caused him to, to go way off the rails and, and allow the devil to come in. 
Somebody asked me a very, very good question here recently in a little Bible study I had. Because they said, and the answer, when God gave me the answer, because it stumped, stumped me for a second. And then I remember what the scripture said about it. And it was hard for me to even express. Because they said in the last days, there's so many people that already know what the Bible says about an antichrist. Why would people that know about an antichrist and know about a mark, why would they even think about that? And then you start to think about a one world religion. How are you ever going to unify Jews with Muslims, with Buddhists? And how, how, how is that even possible? And the way it was worded to me, I thought, wow, that's, that's a really good question. And I thought for a second, that's going to be one of those things I'm going to say, you know what, I just know that that's what the Bible says. But then my mind went to 2 Thessalonians 2. And the Bible says, when that man of sin will be revealed, God will send a strong delusion. With people who have rejected God and rejected God and said no to God, it's not that they didn't know the truth. They just didn't love the truth first in their life. And God calls, you know what God did to, to Pharaoh. God spoke to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And he, he hardened his, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And God moved in a miraculous way and showed him very clearly, I'm God and, and, and you need to surrender to me. And Moses came in another time and said, hey, come on, let my people go. And Moses hardened his heart. And God moves and shows them his power and his miracles. And that was mercy. Right. Now Moses comes again and says, let my pe-, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh hardens his heart and says, no, I won't. I won't do it. I, I'm not going to let you do this. And somewhere along the line, the Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God said, okay, now I'm going to make you an example. People are going to see you for generations and say, don't do what he did. Amen. You say, how are people going to believe such a lie when there's just, I don't see how it's even physically, just mentally possible for them. God says, if you won't receive the love of the truth, I'll send a strong delusion that you'd believe a lie. I'm going to just give you what you, you want sin. I'm going to let you, I'm going to take away my, my, my calling in your life, my, my, my direction in your life. That's, that's what I tell people you need to worry about more than an antichrist. Amen. Today, we have an opportunity to seek him while he may be found. Because nobody can come to God. You say, well, I'll just come to God when I'm good and ready. When I, when, when I, there's going to be a, no, he's, the Bible says you come when the spirit draws you. You can't just say, okay, God, I'm, I'm ready for you. It doesn't work that way. You've got to submit to God when he calls you and, and God's, God's reaching for his people and saying, come on, how hungry are you? How hungry. Hey, you've, you've had some pretty good meals in the past. Can you talk about times God talked to you? God dealt with you. How about when you got filled with the Holy Ghost? What a day that was. Do you remember a message that God spoke into your heart? Maybe gifts of the Spirit that worked in a service and maybe a dream or a vision that God gave you. It was amazing. And don't talk about past meals. I, I, you know what? I, I, I don't mind having memories and, uh, of, of, of special occasions, but God still 
still feeding. God's still leading. God's still working. Amen. Don't be satisfied on yesterday's blessings. That's what I think Paul meant when he talked in Philippians about forgetting those things that are behind. We got to press toward a mark. Don't be satisfied today because you had good, a good touch in the past. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And these, all these things shall be added unto you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, you're so good to us. We can be so satisfied sometimes. We can find ourselves feeling like, hey, I know, I know where I'm headed. I know where I'm going. You know what? God, God wants to take us to higher heights. God's got greater things ahead. And there's some battles ahead that we need to be prepared for. We need to keep hungering and thirsting after him. His kingdom, his righteousness. It's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to be at ease in God's presence. Sometimes there's some things that make us uncomfortable in this life and serving God, but God's got got a way of strengthening you in adversity. When challenges face you, for somebody just this week and they were telling me about some of the battles they were going through for somebody not here at this church somewhere else but they were asking me to pray for them and I said you know God's going to teach you through this God's going to help you and they said yeah I know it I know it it's not easy but God's making me better that's the attitude to have don't give up don't look back keep pressing forward more prayer more in the word more in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we can be so satisfied and not realize we're drifting, not realize that things in this world are becoming more important to us. We're easily distracted by what somebody else said or what somebody else did rather than what God is trying to do in you. Come on, let's pray. Talk to him. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. I'm hungry for you. Oh, God bless your people. Lord, I'm God bless your people. You. God, help us tonight. God, help us tonight. Come on, there's an altar here. This is a new start. This is a place where we come and be renewed. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Less of me and more of you. Here's my cup. I lift it up for more of you. More of you.
righteousness. direction to to help us to see our need. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I praise you. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. God's stirring His people in this last day. There's no time to play play games. No time to just go through the motions. God's stirring up a people, bringing revival, bringing us to a place where we're hungry and thirsting for more of Him. You've been through some battles. You've been through some maybe even disappointments and hurts, but. Get your focus back on God. Because He's getting ready to get us out of here soon. Before that happens, we're gonna we're gonna face some battles and God's gonna work in us. God's gonna work through us. To see some family members finally just brought into his his kingdom. Brought into the ark, if you will. Oh, hallelujah. I believe it. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. Father, again, I just thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for people that are hungry, thirsty for you. God, I'm asking you just bless each one. God, help us to not just, Lord, just be hearers, but to take it out of this house and make decisions based on, Lord, our desire to do your will, to please you, to be doers of your word. God, I pray you keep your hand of protection on each one of us. Keep us in health and safety, God. Lord, let your angels camp round about each one of us, God. Each family, Lord. Keep us in your care, God. And shine your light through us, God. Use us to bring glory to your name. We love you. We praise you. Lord, we thank you again for just great move of your spirit tonight, God. We thank you, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, church.